Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. All right, we got uh, another Q&A today. We're uh, do- changing it up a little bit. We're going to do an FAQ. So we're going to do one on training and one on nutrition. Yep. Got several questions on each. We and uh, we're going to do rapid fire. You're gonna, I mean, we got quite a bit. I, I, mean. think, I think I have to try to do rapid fire <laughs> um, because there's quite a bit, but uh, – who knows where the answers will go? Yeah. You know, so so originally, if people haven't listened to this previously, we did a training FAQ and a nutrition FAQ over a year ago, and I transcribed them onto the blog. So you can go to tailoredcoachingmethod.com/faq, mm-hmm. and there's like drop-down menus of just tons of questions. So I figured, why not update it with some new questions, add to it, so it's even longer. Right now, the the FAQ page is. 26,000 words, I think it was. Yeah. Which is a lot. I mean, I guess I say, so that means I say 13,000 words in a single podcast, roughly, because I did two podcasts and just transcribed them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll do that again to add to it. However, before we jump into the podcast, I do want to make a special announcement because this is going to go out on Monday, correct? Correct. Okay. So um, this is the first official announcement of this. It's something that really it's been in the works for. Probably almost a year now, but we just finally decided to do it. Um, partnering with Legion Athletics. So Legion yeah. Athletics is Mike Matthews supplement company. It, it is a company that I've been using for, I mean, years now. Uh, I still I have been recommending the product, and even as I've been working with my close friends at Top Notch Nutrition, which um, are no longer going to be partnering with us on a lot of the stuff that we do, um, simply because Legion aligns a little bit more with the goals of our clients. Mm -hmm. They're more performance driven. They're more aesthetic driven. Top notch still has that, but a lot of it is health based. It's longevity based. Yeah. And it's, it means joint inflammation. It's, it's greens. It's, it's hydrate. So coconut powder, stuff like that to electrolytes. Whereas, you know, Legion is pre-workout, post-workout, creatine, um, sleep aid, nootropic. Like it's all performance driven, which I really like, but those have been the two companies that I always go with because I know the owners and I can see what goes into the product, so sure. I like can actually trust them. So, shit, I think it was probably about a year ago where I first interviewed Mike Matthews for this podcast. Um, later, I went on his podcast, and then he came back on mine, and then we aired that on his. So we've kind of bounced back and forth between our two podcasts multiple times. And during one of the first ones, we had a conversation after the show, and we just sat there and talked about his product. And he was like, "Man, I would love for you to come aboard, represent our brand, and like you know, get your members, your listeners, everybody listening." Uh, getting our product. And I was like, man, I already recommend it's in your stuff, but I'm with Top Notch right now. I can't make that commitment. Um, but as this kind of phase of being with Top Notch kind of came to an end, I uh, brought up the conversation with Mike again, and we decided to go forward with it. So as of today, officially, uh, Legion Athletics, the supplement company, is the new sponsor. Monday. Um, 
This is the tenth, yep. Monday the tenth. Um, they are the new sponsor of the podcast. So this sponsor, this podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Legion Athletics. Um, go over to Legion. Actually, go to buy Legion dot com slash boom boom and you can save 20 percent on your first order um, and then after that there's a royalty program so it's actually really cool you basically earn money as you buy from them and then yeah. you end up getting free product back yeah. which most people who are taking it are you know for me i'm taking the multivitamin i'm taking the uh, whey protein they have a case in protein too um i'm gonna be taking which we'll, we'll shoot a video for this soon but i'm gonna be taking their fish oil i'm taking their nootropic their sleep aid their post-workout creatine I'm taking a whole bunch of shit, but Sick. most of it, if you're using it on a regular basis, you need it every month or two months. So save 20% on your first order by going to buylegion.com slash boom, boom, or clicking the link in the description. Um, when you click that link, you're going to see my favorite products. You're going to see, um, some products that are on sale. You're going to see some reviews from myself and from other people. So it's a really cool page. It's, it's my page for my listeners and followers. Um, but go there, do that, and then you'll start earning points. So as you buy, you know, re-up on your multivitamins every month or whatever, um, you will gain points, and then you'll be able to get more products yeah. for free. If you use uh, the discount code Boom Boom, is it 20% off your first order or every order? First order. First order. And, and then, then you get into the royalty program. Okay. Um, and, and I believe there's future discounts as well. It's just not 20% every time. Yeah. 20% is a big discount. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and like I said, go to buylegion.com slash Boom Boom so you can see what I use because I we actually like – put out on a menu like what Cody takes which yeah, is really sure. cool um, and one of the things I've recommended I think I've been taking the longest of theirs is actually the multivitamin which is always a funny conversation to have with people because you have to take eight pills which people usually are like for a vitamin <laughs> eight of those things so I take four in the morning four at night and it was a funny conversation I had with Mike because I was like man I'm the type of person that like analyzes food labels so I read multivitamins and I'm like there's like nothing in this. There's 27 different ingredients, but like this just little tiny amount of each thing that it's like useless. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to get anything out of this. So Mike told me, he was like, that was my biggest problem with making a multivitamin is if I wanted to make it into one to two pills, I had to underdose everything and it was a shitty product. Or I can say like it's eight pills. It's actually useful and hope people will just buy into it. So that to me was a sign that like they have integrity. Yeah. Like he's not worried about what's catchy or what's sexy or what people quote unquote is convenient. It's like, yeah. this is really good stuff. Like it actually works. Um, and they actually, the cool thing about them too, is they actually fund research in the field that has nothing to do with supplements, huh. which is crazy because usually a supplement company comes in and funds a study yep. that benefits their product. For sure. Like they're doing that lean gain study has nothing to do with supplements. It's yeah. just training and nutrition. Um, but it's just bettering the industry, you know, so, um, really excited about that. I'm a big fan of theirs, big fan of all their content. Um, so yeah, head over to buylegion.com slash boom, boom. Dope. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, we're doing the FAQ today. I'm going to start it off with, um, a question about supersets. So the question is straight sets or supersets, which is better? And when would you use one versus the other? Neither is better. Because it always depends. So I think that a lot of people use supersets thinking it's going to like improve performance. Most of the time it actually doesn't. Yeah. And we did a really good video on this, so yeah. we'll link that in the show notes. But essentially like if we do a superset and it minimizes our rest period, that generates more fatigue. Because think about it like this. If you do a – even like a simple exercise, like a goblet squat. Yeah. Just do a goblet squat. You can recover. Do it again. But if you have to do a goblet squat and then 20 push-ups, 
your push-ups aren't going to be as great because you just got done doing 10 goblet squats. Like you're kind of tired, yeah. you know, you're fatigued. So we have to take that into consideration. Now, in some cases, that's good, right? So if you come to me and you're like, hey, I just want to lose fat. Like my goal of these, these workouts is to burn fat, burn calories. I want to lose weight. I don't care about building muscle. Um, don't care too much about getting stronger. Or less of a priority. Less of a priority. Yeah. Cool. Let's do it because yeah. you'll get more work done in a shorter period of time. Your heart rate will get up a little bit faster in between or during the sets and then you'll take rest in between. And you're probably going to burn more calories because, I mean, it's, I don't think it's very debatable. Doing a squat and then a push-up is going to burn more calories than just a squat. Yeah. You know, and then resting long enough to feel really good in the push-ups later on. Um, however, because fatigue is generating faster, if your primary goal is to build strength or muscle – your performance during those movements is going to be worse. And since it's not about burning calories if you're trying to build muscle strength, then you're going to get worse results from doing it that way. Does that make sense? Because you're, you're, you're creating fatigue before yep. you do the set. If Absolutely. I have too much fatigue, I can't perform well enough to have enough volume or intensity. So, gotcha, yeah. you know, a lot of times people, if you were, I mean, this is, I would never recommend really doing this unless you're on like a strength circuit and you're taking like two minutes between sets, which I've done before and it's kind of fun. But doing like a barbell squat, like a heavy compound barbell squat, and then a barbell bench press. Those are two big movements that are very draining and very taxing. And if we do it that way, we're not going to be able to lift as heavy as we can in either of those. Because we might start our first set of squats really well, but then the bench is already going to be lighter because we're fatigued. Coming back to the squat, you're going to be tired. So yep. your performance is going to lower. So the point being, if your goal is hypertrophy or strength alone – separate them out, just do single sets because supersets are really just going to fatigue you out, tire you out, and it's going to be harder and harder to perform adequately enough to actually build muscle or strength. Yeah. If your goal is fat loss, I think supersets can come in handy. Um, if you're in a hurry, I think supersets are good, but you have to do antagonists. So a bench press supersetted with a dumbbell or barbell row. They're two opposite movement patterns, and research actually shows if I pull after I push, coming back to the bench press, I'm probably going to perform better because I'm bringing localized fatigue into a different area. So if I'm bench pressing and I'm using my chest, shoulders, and triceps, I'm, I'm bringing fatigue to my chest, shoulder, triceps. Yeah, if I go do sure. a seated row afterwards, I'm bringing fatigue to my lats, traps, and biceps. The complete opposite of what was fatigued before, which relieves some of the fatigue yep. on the, the, the muscle groups Between that I'm using. Exactly. So in those cases, it works. So like a curl with a tricep extension, a leg curl with a leg extension, uh, a push or in a pull, and that could be vertical or horizontal. And that's about it, though, because anything else, it's like you're just generating more fatigue. Because imagine doing like a squat and an RDL. You're just murdering yourself. It's so hard to perform those. Those are heavy movements. And same, you're Same muscle. No. Uh, RDL is going to be more hamstring glute. Oh, yeah. Squat's going to be more quad depending on how you squat, I guess. Uh, yeah, if you're hip. Still legs. If you're hot, yeah, 100%, um, which is why it's so fatiguing. Yeah. And it's dangerous because people's low back would be way more likely to give out yep. if they were doing those two back-to-back. -back. So – um, what's better? Neither. Uh, they all, they both have their time and place. I think that supersets can be fun and exciting. And sometimes people mistake that like fatigue for productivity. Like yeah. they're sweating hard. They're training hard. They got a nasty pump. They're like heart rates going through the roof cause they're just doing thing after thing after thing. And they associate that with results. When really, if you take more time, you have more rest and you're able to perform better in each isolated movement, you're actually gonna get better progress or strength and hypertrophy. Definitely. So it's all context. Yeah. But all depends. Yeah. I use, I use but supersets it, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, like an upper, like on an upper day, I will do a ton of push pull because 
you just feel better doing a pull after a push and yeah. doing a push after a pull. Working bo- both yeah. sides of them. But on legs, I'm much more just squat. Yeah. Just RDL. Just split squat. For sure. All right. Uh, next question is, should you progress your training by reps, volume, or load? Dude, this whole list is going to be it. Depends. <laughs> so um, I'm going to try to – I'll try to start rapid firing these because otherwise the it depends turns into like really long answers. Exactly. Um, Every variable in the book. Yeah. And it's so hard for me to not bring those up. Yeah. Um, okay. So how should you progress your reps? <laughs> or I'm sorry, your, your training rep sets or, or um, I don't think it's possible for you to answer a question without individualizing it. I know. I mean, that's just, that's the correct way to answer it. Yeah, absolutely. It's who I am. It's like, it's like literally the name of the brand. It's like, I have to. Thank you. Uh, um, Okay, so I think you should progress your training in whichever fashion allows consistent progression with proper fatigue management. That's the the simplest way I can can put Say that. Say it again. You should progress your training with whatever manner allows you to be uh, consistently progressive while also simultaneously managing fatigue properly. So, there for example, um, there was a popular thing. I I, I think it's starting to die. In a, um, think it's going to continue to die and i've never really been a big fan of this um but adding sets per week and then cycling through so you would go all right i'm doing two sets squat this week then three next week then four the next week and you get up to like six sets of squats and then you come back down to two out of heavy load and you repeat um yes this is volume cycling and it can work because you're getting a lot of volume done but in my opinion it's just so draining doing six sets of squats and then think of if you're progressing sets on everything, that means yeah. you're probably doing six sets of RDLs after that. So your workouts go yeah. from 30 minutes to two and a half hours yeah. by the end of a block, like a six-week block, which becomes really difficult. Now, there does come a point in time where you need more sets because you need more volume. So if somebody is training and they're plateauing or they're not progressing at a certain point, then I'm going to say, like, hey, let's look at your total volume. And then let's adjust that because if your total volume is, let's say you're doing 10 sets per muscle group per week, that's going to work for most people for a while. But let's say you've been doing that for, you know, a year, two years, and you're starting to become more of an intermediate advance. We might have to bump that up to 12 sets per muscle group per week. Not a huge jump, yeah. but you're adding a couple sets here and there. And that's something that you can tolerate and consistently progress without overstimulating fatigue. Um, but I think load and reps are probably going to be the best realm. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways I look at this. For compound lifts, you should be doing whatever you can do to progress load. For some people, you can just do a normal linear fashion where you don't even change the reps. You just add load. So I have you bench pressing four sets of five every Monday. I want you to add five to ten pounds to bar every week. For a lot of people, they can do that for a while. Yeah. In some weeks, you might not feel it because you have bad sleep, whatever. You might not be able to progress, so you got to bring your – So you said, you said on a four-week period, you add five or ten uh, pounds each week. Uh, you, I mean, can't, you can't do a 12-week program and – you can. I was, that's what I was going to say. It could be anything. You would need deloads in there, of course. <laughs> but You're going to be 50, ti- 50 pounds heavier. At a certain point, it won't work anymore. Okay. <laughs> but, like, you know, like when my first bench press, I probably did 65 pounds, but 10 pounds on each side. Yeah. And I added five pounds to the bar every one to two weeks until I was benching 275 pounds. Yeah. But once I got to there, it's like, okay, I can't just keep adding five yeah, pounds every yeah. week. Um, so even somebody like me – what I do is like, so I'm probably striving for like four to five reps every week. So, and then I have weights that I want to work up to. So each week I'm working up to a heavier weight, but if this week I can only hit four of it next week, I just want to hit five of it. Right. And then once I hit there, I'm going to add another five pounds and it's slow. So for some people it does work. And and as you deload and recycle intensity, 
there's this fluctuation, this wave loading, essentially, like you drop volume for a little bit. And then as you or I'm sorry, you drop intensity for a little bit to deload. And as you start increasing volume or intensity, again, volume kind of lowers, typical linear fashion. And even as me as an advanced lifter, I do like on bench and squat, four sets, five. And I just add weight, yeah. try to add weight every week. And uh, some some weeks I can't and I'll add a rep or two. And that's where you would do that. Um, for some people who are really advanced, like I have to do this with a deadlift because I can't just add weight every week to my deadlift. That's probably my better lift. I'm going to go with a more traditional linear approach where I drop reps every week no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I guarantee I can lift heavier, um, but the volume is lower. So, you know, pound for pound, it's it's pretty similar. But as you cycle through those, usually you can do heavier because you get used – your your nervous system gets used yep. to those heavy loads. So, totally. I might do seven reps week one, five reps week two, three reps week three, and then uh, one rep week four, right? And then I'm going as heavy as I can, and then I come back to the seven, and hopefully I added five or ten pounds to that seven rep. So now I'm adding weight every four weeks instead of every week. Totally. But that's a good approach too. However, yeah. you know, for, for bodybuilding, that's tough. For accessory work and isolation work, that's tough. Like nobody's adding five pounds to their dumbbell lateral raise every yeah. week. It's just impossible. So, uh, I mean, I'd be lateral raising like <laughs> yeah. 60 pound dumbbells. <laughs> That's be insane. what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so with that, I like a double progression model. So you should be increasing reps every week there we go. and then eventually increasing load. So Depends. for me, I'm going 10 to 12 reps yeah. on the dumbbell lateral raise and I'm going to start with 20 pound dumbbells. Right. And then I do increase it by two reps. I try to. So like you would start week one, I might do three sets of 10, but week two might be 11 10, 10. And then week three might be 11, 11, 11. Week four might be 12, 11, 10. Hmm. Week five will be 12, 11, 11. Hmm. And then eventually I'm doing three sets of 12 okay. with the same weight that I was doing three sets yep, of 10 yep. with. And then at that point I can go, okay, now do I want to go 12 to 15 or do I want to go 25 pounds and come back to 10 and add reps over time? Um, no matter what. Fatigue like, management. Fatigue management. The, the thing is, so what I'm doing here is I can manage fatigue and avoid injury risk by staying with the lighter dumbbells and adding reps yeah. slowly yeah. until I can add load versus going, fuck it, I'll go 30-pound dumbbells yeah. and just do less reps. Yeah. No one, nobody should it's really be doing strain. that. Less strain. Less strain on the muscle, less yeah. strain on the joint. Yeah. Um, so I think typically I like recommending adjusting sets when you've gone from being a beginner to an intermediate advance who needs a big bump in volume because you're just at that point for sure which is very rare most of the time i'm combining uh increases in load and reps week to week over the course of months because that's typically how you progress physique a little bit better for sure so i think that answers it pretty well yeah absolutely all right next question is going to be how should you cycle rep ranges this one i can actually answer pretty well because there is somewhat of a black and white answer um Obviously, it does depend on the person because there are some times where I don't cycle rep ranges very much. But most of the time, I think you should cycle rep ranges session to session. So most of the people are going to be training each muscle group twice a week, maybe three times. Four times is rare. Three times is more like if you're doing um, like a hybrid approach where you're, maybe you're doing like – Maybe it's a push-pull, push-pull, push-pull. So you're doing mm. full body push-pull or you're doing full body every day. But most people are going to be doing upper-lower split, uh, push-pull legs, or even a full body approach and typically just hitting their muscle groups two times a week, sometimes three. And in those cases, what I like to do is split that in half and go low rep, high rep. For so sure. 
most people are going to get the biggest bang for your buck if you're doing a wide variety of rep ranges because you'll simultaneously work on strength and hypertrophy. And it's it's not because you can't build muscle in the low rep range because you can. It's because the low rep range isn't as productive for hypertrophy as the higher rep range. Uh. So because, you know, and they've done studies on this, like you can do sets of three and you can do sets of 10 and get the same exact muscle growth. But you did three sets of 10 and you did seven sets of three because that's how you equalize volume. So if volume's equated, you'll grow the same amount of muscle. But imagine how long it w- and draining it would be to do seven sets of three. Yeah. You're going super heavy. You're yeah. super gassed out, and it's just hella sets. Three sets of ten, you're done in ten minutes at most. Yeah. So, um, which is why, like, yeah, you can build muscle in both range. And, like, all these this research came out showing that, and everybody was like, there is no special rep range for hypertrophy, but there's a more productive rep range. Yeah. Hypertrophy. Is that is that ten reps because it's at lower uh, weight? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, but if you if you go three times ten times whatever load you're doing, so sets times reps times weight, it ends up being the same volume as seven times three. So you might be doing four hundred pounds at three, and you might only be doing two hundred pounds at ten, but the volume at the end of the day equals out. Yep. Um, Because how much total weight did you push? One is better for hypertrophy. More productive. Yeah. Um, And that and that's where you have to get tricky with words because you can't say better because. Technically, but based on science, yeah. you can do both. And yeah. they both work just as well as one another. There's okay. no better. But what's more productive for somebody? Gotcha. What's what's managing fatigue better there for somebody? Three sets of 10. Okay. Um, however, most people don't just want to get big. Yeah. So, you know, how do you cycle rep ranges? If somebody comes to me like, all I give a shit about is muscle growth. Even, even when I first started this phase, I was like, I don't care about anything else. I just want to build as much muscle as possible. I didn't go below eight reps for a long time because – I didn't care about strength. I was like, I just want to build muscle. Now I got really bored after like four months. I was like, I need some low rep stuff just to stimulate my mind. But just go super heavy. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to. Yeah. So we dropped for some threes and some fives. Um, but for somebody like me who was in that position, I'm I'm only cycling rep ranges depending on the exercise. So if if I'm doing an RDL, I'm probably going to do like six to eight reps because. Doing 15 reps of RDL is just asking for low back injury. Yeah. It's just brutal. Um, and they build – hamstrings are developed, especially with an RDL, developed more with heavy load and slow negatives. Just like It's just more of that um, uh, fast twitch fiber. So you're going to get it better from, from heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, fiber type specific training is kind of wishy-washy in the literature, but I still see way better results when I go low rep with things like RDLs. And it just avoids injury. So the only reason I'm cycling reps there is because I might do – eight reps on an RDL, but 15 reps on a leg curl, Yeah. right? Both hamstrings, <clears throat> but with high reps with RDL, because you're doing the slow negatives and stuff, it potentially take way longer, not way potentially, longer. but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I mean, your grip per- yeah. holding on yeah. the bar, like yeah. it's, it's heavy. So yeah. like your low back is, is getting fatigued and your core is trying to but stabilize it's less heavy if you're doing high reps. True, but it's still a lot of Heavy. time under tension. Yeah. Um, oh, and, yeah. And if you think yeah. about like a, a lying leg curl, I'm laying on a bench and I'm just flexing my knees. Yeah. I'll do 50 reps. It's yeah. not like, I mean, I would rather do 15 reps than 50, obviously, 100%. but not nearly as much like mental and uh, uh, central nervous system fatigue as, as an RDL. Yeah. So I would cycle rep ranges based on movement, right? Bench press, barbell bench press. I'm probably not going to go over eight reps. There's not really a whole lot of like that's a strength movement. Yep. If I want to go over that and pressing, I'm going to do push-ups or dumbbell presses. So I, I cycle rep ranges depending on the exercise because some exercises just work better, right? I'm not going to do five reps on a bicep curl. I'm just asking to hurt my elbow, which I already did, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not from that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, for most people who want 
strength and hypertrophy or they're they're not just obsessed with getting big like they want a well-rounded level of fitness i'm going to do some low reps and some high reps every single week so now we're working different intensities different energy system different rep ranges different focuses so i might go you know barbell bench press for five monday and dumbbell bench press for 10 on thursday right so I'm hitting the same muscle group, same movement pattern twice, but I'm doing different rep ranges. And I'm going to cycle those every single session. So session one, low rep. Session two, high rep. For sure. Max effort, dynamic effort. Yeah. Um, that's typically going to be best. Now, you could do that in a weekly fashion. So I could do all tens this week, all fives next week, and then cycle through. That works too. Um, and you can even do it month by month. So you can have a high volume month, a low volume month. You know, you can Damn. do it like that. But in my experience. That's how much patience you have. Yeah. So, and in, in that's why in my experience, it works better if you do it session by session Yeah. because most general population people, you really never know how long they're going to stay consistent for. Yeah. Even if it's somebody who is going to stay consistent for a long time, it's just fun. Yeah. Like lift heavy and, and just improve everything at once. Like yeah. slowly, like I think that concurrent model works better. For so sure. that's how I would uh, cycle rep ranges. Yep. Love it. All right. Next question is going to be. What's the most effective cardio for fat loss when it and when should it be used? Let me the most effective cardio for fat loss and when should it be used? Um, so let's start with when it should be used because I think I think uh, all cardio is going to be almost just as productive as any other cardio. It's just burning calories, but when it should be used is when you hit an actual plateau in your fat loss phase. I have to ask something. You're saying, I th- my understanding, most cardio is just burning calories. Mm-hmm. Like, I, in my opinion, you, when you program cardio, it's like sled pulls. Yeah, that's still working leg muscles. So, so hundred percent. Yeah, it's riding um, a bike is not. So there's very little cardio that builds muscle though. Okay, sled is probably the exception. Okay, um, that's one I thought of. Yeah, that's that's probably the only exception, which most people don't have even access. <laughs> yeah, to sled, good you know? example. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and you could say like the rower. You know, you're going to get some upper back work, but sure. um, to more an extreme, it's sled pulling. What's uh, what's the main focus though? It's it's burning calories Definitely. or metabolic conditioning, mm-hmm. which is something different, you know, like for me right now, I'm not trying to lose weight or burn fat because I'm trying to build muscle. So when I do cardio, it's, it's from a performance perspective. Can I improve my conditioning? Yep. Can I improve my ability to do work yep. and, and recover faster so I can continue training? Um, so it's a different focus and therefore my cardio is a little bit different than it would be if I was just trying to burn calories. But when you should do it is going to be when you actually plateau. I think a lot of people jump to cardio because they want results to be faster. They want things to speed up. However, you don't really need to do cardio to lose weight. Like if you're strength training and your diet's on point, that's all you really need to do. So I think spending a lot of time and energy and fatiguing yourself more with cardio is, is just a recipe for early burnout, yeah. right? There's no point in it because you're just going to end up tapping out sooner. Um, so I would I would probably save cardio for a point where you're like, okay, it's been you know three weeks straight that I haven't lost any weight and I'm trying to lose weight. And my macros and calories are at a point where I don't want to lower them anymore because I'm already – you know, struggling to adhere to this. At that point, you can add cardio. Um, or if you're at a point where you're like, I'm not really struggling with my diet, but I really don't want to eat less food, I would adhere better to doing some cardio because I don't mm-hmm. mind doing cardio. So if you look at dropping calories and doing cardio, it's both just creating a bigger energy deficit or a bigger calorie deficit. You're either burning calories or you're eating less calories. Either way, you're putting yourself in a bigger deficit. So sometimes it's just, okay, I'm plateaued. Which one do I want? You know, I'll even ask clients like, hey, would you rather do cardio or eat less food? 
Some people are like, oh, yeah, I fucking hate cardio. Like, I'll, I'll cut calories. Other people are like, I need my food. I'll do some cardio. You know, so it's really a personality thing. So when you should do it is if that's going to help you adhere better and if you're truly at a plateau. Um, and all other ducks are in a row because if you're at a plateau but you're sleeping like shit, your training isn't progressive, you're super stressed out, you're, you're not eating whole foods, you're yeah. eating out all the time, you're not weighing your food, like do that stuff first. Get your ducks in a row and then you can think about cardio. Um, wow. What cardio is best, there really isn't a best cardio because high intensity, low intensity, moderate intensity, it's all relative, right? Like low intensity cal- cardio burns more calories during the session, burns more fat during the session. However, high intensity cardio – burns the same amount of calories by the end of the day because of the post-exercise oxygen consumption. So you're, after you get done, your body's still burning calories. Low intensity, not so much. Yeah. You burn calories during, not so much after. But high intensity, you burn after as well, and it kind of catches up. Moderate intensity, I would say, is probably the worst because it doesn't burn more calories than low, doesn't burn more calories than high, and it's just harder on your joints. So like like going for a, a six-mile run, eh, not that good, you know? Um if you like long distance running, I would break it up in intervals and ideally do it do it on something like the air runner yeah. where it's a curved treadmill and it kind of helps your gait. Otherwise, you're just banging on your joints. Yeah. Um, but I usually like the rower or the assault bike or the sled. Those are my personal choices. Um, or elliptical, anything that has like very little eccentric loading. But it, again, it kind of comes down to what what will you be able to adhere to better? Yeah. High intensity or low intensity? If, if you're like – Low intensity sounds easier right now, but I don't want to sit in the gym for 30 minutes to an hour doing cardio and just repetitively doing the same thing. I'd rather spend 15 minutes just cranking it out. Then that's going to work better for you. However, if you're having like if you have a high stress lifestyle and you're already doing a ton of intense training, one, you're just going to be pushing cortisol up even higher, the stress hormone. And two, if you're doing a bunch of heavy lifting, you're already working the anaerobic energy system. Why are you going to do more of that? It's just going to be more taxing and it's less variety of energy system work. So. I typically lean on low intensity cardio. Um, almost use that low intensity cardio as a as a cool down. Yeah, hundred yeah. um, percent. But usually a cool down, you know, ten to twenty minutes. Breathing. Yeah, <laughs> so, but so a lot of times people when they need low intensity cardio, yeah, you got to get on there for thirty, forty five minutes. Yeah. Um, that's a long cool down yeah. after workout. Yeah. However, some people do cardio post workout because that's just when they can do it. But yeah. I think it it comes down to, you know, how stressed are you, and then uh, what does your other training look like, and then what's your goal. So. I'm a bigger fan of low intensity because most people are pretty stressed out. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier on them um, versus doing more high intensity on top of strength training and on top of a stressful job. You know, it's just too much. Yeah. I don't really know how to phrase this, but can you relate or compare low, moderate, high intensity? Because high intensity you do for a uh, uh, lower amount of time. Yeah. Lower intensity you do for a longer amount of time. Can you relate or compare that? to cycling rep ranges because you do three sets for 10 or you do or i mean three sets for yes. five or so you could technically say so like for example low intensity is does it have the same effect it's in cardio kind of yeah so low intensity cardio is aerobic and high intensity cardio is anaerobic short explosive bursts yeah, yeah. are anaerobic um long steady bursts same, so, are so aerobic. high intensity you could say is like low rep ranges explosive yes the only the only reason but you could also say it's kind of like high rep ranges because if you were doing a a barbell squat for 10 reps i'm still not squatting for 20 minutes straight at such an easy pace that i can sustain it what i'm doing is 30 seconds maybe a minute you know so then you start getting into the glycolytic system which is another high intensity system but it's a little bit kind of bridging the gap between the two Hmm. um because 
think about it like this. A low intensity interval has to be at like probably at least 20 minutes, right? Nobody is doing a resistance exercise for 20 minutes straight yeah, nonstop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Therefore, it's not really aerobic. It's more aerobic than a five rep because yeah. it is a longer set. Yeah, that – But – I don't mean physically the time. Yeah, yeah. But, but the idea is almost the same. Yeah, I you mean, want to cycle it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of that with, with cardio is like don't just pick one, yep. you know. Um, in most cases, exactly. I like having 50-50, some low, some, some high. Yeah, yeah. and – Again, session by session depends on your situation, how much time you have, yeah. what you did last session, yeah. et cetera. And, and I shouldn't have said moderate is bad because I, I do like moderate intensity. I just don't like it when it's running because it's just really hard on your joints. Yeah. If somebody's running at a at – a, Not a big runner guy. Not a super hard tempo yeah. but like not a really slow, easy one. Yeah. It's just your joints. I mean every – a mile is 1,600 steps I think. So it's 800 steps per leg which is basically like hopping on each ankle – knee and hip joint 800 times yeah depends on how long your legs are yeah very true <laughs> average yeah. average person <laughs> all right cool um all right so uh this is our last question for this one we are doing a part one and next week we'll do part two um we so just realized that we need to do that <laughs> as we got into it we got a lot okay. of questions yeah we got a lot of questions in here well, I got carried away when I was making the Google Doc because I wrote all these questions because I was like thinking in my head like what are people always asking me, and so I'd like type one. And I'm mm. like, oh, I, I thought another. these were the same questions. No, I, I changed them up. Oh, um, I was going to do we were, I was going to do a repeat of yeah. the last one, and I pasted them on a Google Doc, and I was like, actually, this brings up a good question. Ah. Oh, this brings up another one, and then I just had another set, so gotcha. I deleted the old ones. Nice. Which is perfect because we'll add this to the FAQ page for sure. Repurpose. How do you combine CrossFit and bodybuilding? productively it's very difficult and <laughs> i think you know I, like a, i mean there's very very so I certain ways but not very many i think well i think you have to you know dan john has a really good quote uh the goal is to keep the goal the goal right so if i come into it i'm like hey like i have a bad knee i need to rehab that but i also want to perform better at crossfit and i really want to bodybuild so i can build muscle um, and I need to cut pick one. Yeah. Like pick one. Cause that's, those are all counterintuitive. Yeah. Bodybuilding can supplement CrossFit way better than CrossFit can supplement bodybuilding. So I think that you have to I determine, there, I don't think there's much of a debate there. I mean, well, so, but it goes like this too, though. So like if somebody is like your number one goal, this is where it becomes difficult. Your number one goal is to build muscle. Like you just want to look better. You want to lose weight. You want to build muscle. You want to have an aesthetic athletic physique mm -hmm. yet you love doing crossfit my first thing is gonna be like hey crossfit is not that great for changing your body composition it's a sports performance driven training yeah. style so you might just want to do bodybuilding just stop crossfit and just do this because your only goal is to literally bodybuild build yeah. your body um whereas if somebody comes to me and they're like Hey, like I love CrossFit. I'm doing CrossFit, but I have some like nagging injuries. I'm not recovering as well. Like, like I need strength in my joints and tendons and ligaments. I'm going to say, Hey, let's add in some bodybuilding because one of two things happens. Well, both things happen. One, we do a, at least two, if not more, less CrossFit days per week. Mm -hmm. Recovery goes up because you're doing less CrossFit workouts. Right. And then we're adding in slow tempo, constant tension, bodybuilding exercises that are going to strengthen your muscle bellies. They're going to strengthen your tendons, your ligaments, your joints, and they're less fatiguing on your nervous system. 
So now you're crossfitting way better because you're taking more time to recover. You're strengthening all the things that are weak from doing CrossFit and strengthening them to do better in CrossFit. So bodybuilding can be a really good supplement for CrossFit. And how you blend those two would be, you know, if you're doing the typical uh, CrossFit, like a weekly split is five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, take Thursday off. In that scenario, I would probably go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, CrossFit, Tuesday, Saturday, bodybuilding. So just two days of bodybuilding. Um, they're going to be full body, but you're going to be working on your weak points. Yeah. So most likely going to be um, lats, back, because it's not a lot of horizontal pulling. So you can probably do a lot of horizontal pulling, maybe some shoulder and arm isolation work just to strengthen the tendons and ligaments in your shoulders and elbows. For um, CrossFit. For CrossFit. Yeah. Leg curls, leg extensions, things like that to, to help your knees and your hips. Um, things that aren't really done in CrossFit, and you can blend them into full body days. Um I would rather do that than do like an upper day and a lower day just because if you do a full leg day and then you go try to do CrossFit, which is full body, usually squat, like you, good luck. Take management. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's how I, I, I typically like to blend it is just like two days of bodybuilding, three days of CrossFit. Um, however, if somebody comes to me and they're interested in bodybuilding because they want to change the way they look but they don't like bodybuilding like CrossFit, I'm usually going to have a conversation with them to see if I can help them enjoy bodybuilding. For so. Sure. Hey, let's add some EMOMs. Let's add some AMRAPs. We can add some finisher to get your heart rate up. Do the things that you love about CrossFit, but just be more bodybuilding focused. Or if it's somebody's like, hey, I'm just I'm not going to go to the gym unless I can do CrossFit. But I, I but my main goal is changing the way I look. I might say, hey, let's do two CrossFit days a week and three bodybuilding. So now we're just changing that, taking that same prescription and just changing the ratio, a little bit more bodybuilding than yep. CrossFit, um, and then doing it that way. You not, know. And if you did three days opposed, wait, three days opposed to two days, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, um, two days you're obviously doing supersets, get more muscle uh, groups. Yep. And would you have to do that three days? I mean, you have more time. Um, yes and no, probably. I mean, if I was doing three days of bodybuilding, I might actually do like upper, lower, full. It's mm. so like an upper day, a lower day, and a full body day. And I would use supersets. Um, on the full body? And on the upper. Okay. Not so much on the lower. Yeah. Because like we were talking about earlier, with upper, you can do push-pull. Yeah. You know, and you can even, I mean, with upper, you can superset a lateral raise with a curl. It's not going to cause many issues. I'm going to be able to do lateral raise with that weight regardless. But if I'm doing, you know, a, a barbell squat supersetted with something like an isolation exercise for my legs, that's just stupid. It's unproductive. Yeah. So I think if you love CrossFit and you don't want to give it up, but your focus is more hypertrophy or aesthetic driven, go with three days bodybuilding, two days CrossFit. If your goals are much more CrossFit driven, but you know you need to slow down because you're starting to get burnt out or injured – Go with two days bodybuilding, three days CrossFit. For sure. Um, and if you don't give a shit which one you do because you just want to look better, just do bodybuilding. Gotcha. If you just want to perform better, just do CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and I would say if you want to perform better in the sport of CrossFit because I, I talked to you about this. Like once I get done with this this phase of like – so we're building for another month or two and then we're going to go through a cut. Once I'm done with that, I'm going to kind of shift gears and just focus on performance for a while. I'm not going to do CrossFit because I don't care about getting better at CrossFit. Yeah. I want to get better at sprinting, jumping, throwing, uh, squatting, throwing, Brent's pushing. Yeah. Like chest throws, oh, okay. um, snatching, uh, maybe some like cleans and stuff, but like not CrossFit, like yeah. specific modalities. Like I want to get better at these Olympic things. Lifting. Some Olympic lifting. I think. Yeah. That's what, Snatching cleans, right? Yeah, you can do dumbbell snatches, what I was thinking of. But oh. I want to be able to do that stuff. It's just there's so much technique work. Yeah. So now I'm like, at that point, I would go, it's okay. Like you have to practice it. Oh, yeah. I, well, I would hire a coach that is an Olympic lifting coach. Touche. 
because I'm, I mean, I'd have to. Yeah. Like, I, I can't half ass that. Yeah. Which I think would be a cool journey. Hire somebody. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I don't, I know how to do a barbell snatch. Yeah. Um, a barbell, all that stuff, because I've done it plenty of times, but I'm, I haven't perfected it to a point where I could see progressive overload over time mm-hmm. because I'm kind of plateaued at the weight I can do because my skill isn't good enough. For sure. So I would have to hire somebody. I already know who I'd hire too, but I'd, I'd hire somebody, assuming they would be ta- they would take me on to just basically practice that, hmm. which I've thought about doing because I think that would just be a cool journey. You'd be like, all right, switching gears. For sure. Because you know what I've been thinking about? Maybe a lot local? Li- or? Uh, no, I'd probably be online. Oh. The guy I'm thinking of is like, world champion like he, he produced some monster athletes damn um and i like their brand their brand's really cool um but i think that you know i've been thinking about this more of like being like i i've been in the fitness space for so long and i'm going to continue to be in it so by the time i'm like 50 i want to be able to be like i did all of this yeah you know yeah. like i bodybuild i crossfitted i did martial arts I played soccer, you know, I've done like, um, like backpacking trips, like everything I can think be of. A Olympic lifter. I want to be a badass. <laughs> I want to be like that fit guy that was like, I have done everything. Teach your own. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and by the time I'm 70 or 80, I want to be like just crushing it. Yeah. Like still Lift killing it. Yeah. So 80 years old. Huh? I can't do that with just bodybuilding forever. Yeah. No, yeah no, I, I have to switch it up. Understood. You know, but I think, but I think the crazy thing that a lot of people don't get is I had that mindset and I was like, okay, bodybuilding comes first as far as my goal priorities. And I'm going to first build muscle, give a good base. I'm going to spend a year on that. And then I'm going to move the next thing. And most people are like, holy shit, a year? Don't you want to spend a month on this, a month on that? And yes, but I won't be able to maximize any goal in a month. Yep. Like I need more time. Yep. So, um, a year's a lot, but for maximizing that certain whatever it is, yeah. that's a. It's not that long. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I was going to say that's a good amount of time. I'm 21 weeks into my bulk. I flew. It's almost six months. Damn. Yeah. Started no, 22 weeks. February or March? Fuck, I don't know. No. No. When? When did you start? Whenever six months ago was. <laughs> I don't know. February. Yeah. Because it'll be it'll be six months in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. February uh, March. Yeah, February March. That's Which is crazy. It's a long time to be yeah. doing the same thing. All okay. right. Um, that's the end of part one. Uh, we will wrap this up and. Uh, continue on next week yep and remember go over to buy a buy legion i almost said a legion buy legion.com slash boom boom save 20 percent um those are the new sponsors of the podcast and i'm super grateful super excited to work with them um they're a company i've trusted for a long time and i know mike personally and he's a really good dude so go check that out see what i've been taking and grab some of their stuff before i let you go i just want to say thanks I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation 
to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.